Hi, you guys. Thanks for coming over this Lost Arts Radio Live <clears throat> show we started that's related to current events. And I got a bunch of stuff to go over with you today. And it's actually positive, but there's this balance, you know, you kind of have to be aware of the real situation that we're dealing with at the same time as the real options. And I think right now it looks dire and hopeful at the same time. I'll explain that. And first of all, I have to explain the title, The Cancer Stories Blocked, Clue to Our Situation, which is what the title said. And uh, what it relates to is what I was telling you last week, that one of my several full-time projects is involved in the academic world, uh, in which, amazingly, I got permission to do a study on cancer and fasting. And the reason I wanted to do that, you know, you have to narrow it down for the university purposes. It can't cover the the whole picture, which because they, they like to have things very narrowly specialized focus, but it could still be useful because we'd be getting some real knowledge into the academic dissertation database, which is what it's about. Um, and I don't know if you're aware of it, but people have been using fasting as the prototypical detox system since before recorded history, at least many thousands of years. Uh, it was talked about in the Essene Gospel of Peace, Book 1, which it, there's a version of that on our website, lostartsradio.com, that you can listen to or watch if you want to. It's a really good book. And um, when I proposed this study, and this will relate to the overall world situation that I want to get to, and we have time for that. Um, so I just want to let you know the relevance. When I proposed doing a study and say, all right, let's show how fasting was used by cancer patients, which is, you know, actually talked about in a limited way in the regular literature. There's a famous researcher at UCLA, I believe, or University of Southern California, one or the other, um, who discusses the use of chemo, uh, sorry, fasting to decrease the damage that chemotherapy does to patients. That's as far as the his university lets him take it. As far as I know, I've talked to people around there. And uh, they don't want to do anything to reduce the number of chemotherapy appointments that they do. And they usually say, if you get diagnosed with cancer, you have to start chemotherapy like right now. And they forget to mention that the doctor gets a cut of the chemotherapy. I'm sure that doesn't influence his opinion at all. Um, but they do acknowledge that, interestingly enough, fasting increases the body's resistance to the damage that comes from chemotherapy. And you would expect damage from chemotherapy. It was originally uh, started from the leftover mustard gas from World War One, and made worse after that. I mean, the kind of stuff that we believe in and acknowledge and are willing to follow is... I mean, stunning and really amazing. So you get all these patients dying from the treatment and everybody thinks, well, that's normal. It's just cutting-edge science, so it must be fine. Anyway, when I proposed doing this, um, what they call a qualitative early-stage study, interviewing people, I thought, well, there's lots of people to interview because on, I won't mention the platform, 
because we're in trouble with the platform right now trying to show that we're reformed, and I hope I'm doing a good job at that. Um, but there were hundreds of testimonials all over the internet uh, from people that had used fasting of different kinds, water fasting, such as Lauren Lockman talks about in Costa Rica and other people, True North and places like that, that amazingly they just make diseases go away. And people had done that or they had done juice fasting, which is in a way slower in the effects in water fasting, but you can work more easily while you're doing it and you can do it longer. And people had done that and put their testimonials up that, wow, I mean, yeah, I was diagnosed with whatever type of cancer it was. And then um, I did I did my juice fast for a number of weeks or months. And I went back and the doctor said, uh, must have been a mistake. You don't have cancer. And this happened hundreds and thousands of times. But by the time I got the study approved, uh, those were all censored and removed. So that made a kind of a challenge. And after that, it was really almost impossible to find people. I could do it. I uh, got some help from some a major institution in Florida that actually supervises uh, raw food and juice fasting and things like that. You may know who it is. Um, but everybody who had been online was scared away. And th- there was this one lady that I actually talked to, and she had already left the U.S. under threats after, well, let me start at the beginning. She had been diagnosed with stage four. Uh, what kind of cancer was it? It was either uterine or ovarian cancer. I think it was ovarian cancer and uh, was very advanced. It was metastasized to different parts of her body. And she went to their doctor and the doctor said, um, "You, the usual thing, you have to start chemotherapy today. And she said, well, is it going to actually help and you know, cure me? And he said, well, no, not, not really. And she said, well, is it going to make my uh, quality of life better? And he said, uh, no, actually, it's going to make it so it's much worse. But if you don't do it, you're irresponsible. You're basically, you don't care about your family or any of your friends. And you're just a really selfish, horrible person. So you, what time can you be in, your, in the hospital? And uh, she said, well, let me get it straight. It, it's going to make my quality of life worse. It's probably going to lower my, my length of time that I'm alive. And it's not going to cure anything. But I should do it instantly. And if I don't, I'm a bad person. And she got an, an honest oncologist. And he said, yeah, basically, those are the truth. And, you know, you don't want to be irresponsible. So, you know, what time will you be there? And she was saying, and, you know, if, if we disappear for saying these things, I still have to, I, I just, you know, have a really hard time. Uh, censoring myself because I've got some things I want to share with you that I think are important because there's a lot of people dying of this particular situation right now, most of them from the treatment that they get. And um, so she said, well, I'll tell you what, let me think about it. And he said, well, you don't want to think about it. That could be really misleading and it could waste time and what time can you be there? And she left. Fortunately, I mean, she had a, amazing impulse of common sense that was not eliminated yet 
she left and went to see another doctor who happened to be a friend of hers. Uh, I think it was a chiropractor. And he said, um, yeah, the diagnosis could be true. It looks like it is, but um, we know what happens with the usual treatments and people go through hell on the way to a sooner death that way in general. And so here's a juicer and I have a ranch and here's the directions to the ranch and here's the house at the ranch and you can go and you stay at the ranch and you make yourself fresh juices with vegetables and uh, do it for as long as you can and live or die, just whatever it is. Do it from a natural point of view instead of poisoning your body and having a much worse torturing period because of that. So she went to the ranch, took the juicer, I guess she had access to a nearby organic store because you don't want to juice things that are grown with poison. That's not a really smart way to do it. And she went there and she lasted several months, which is not really that hard to do on juices because there's nutrition in them. And then she went back to the oncologist doctor and he said, uh, he gave her all the tests and said, we must have made a mistake. You don't have cancer. You know, that's impossible. And she, what it, what happened? And she said, oh, well, here's what I do. I went on a juice fast. And he said, a juice fast? You know, I don't know his exact words, but he got really upset with her, which is not uncommon at all because, you know, she didn't do what she was told. And he threw her out of the office with instructions never to come back that she had con confirmed that she was, in fact, a horrible person. And so she said, well, you know, I'm doing all these good things in my life. I'm getting rid of the really destructive relationships I was in and I'm doing yoga and I'm getting rid of stress and I'm being honest with people. I'm doing all this good stuff and I am correcting my mistakes, which all of us have made amazing mistakes in our life before. And the thing is not to keep, if you keep beating yourself up for not knowing things before, it's not going to be good. You're going to destroy yourself emotionally and physically and everywhere else. So she dropped all that and was really kind to herself so she could be kind to other people because they go together. And she went off and was having a good life and then she started getting the, her more popular on that platform. And she started getting the death threats and she left the country and went to several other countries that I know of in sequence and ended up refusing to ever talk about it again. And a version of this happened to a lot of people. So um, the study that I talked about, you know, where I'm looking for people to interview is still going on, even though it's challenging to find participants. They have to have been diagnosed with some kind of cancer by the doctor and or a lab. And then in some part of their treatment used fasting as, as in water fasting or juice fasting. And normally, if you do a really good job at it, it'll go with 100% raw food like they do at Hippocrates. And those are the people I need to find. And I am finding them, but it's really slow. And they have to be brave enough to talk, even though the study's anonymous. Uh, but there are a few who are brave enough to still tell the story. And out of the tiny percentage of people who even know their options, the ones who did something like that um, and then are willing to say so 
um, they're rare, but they do exist. So what I meant in the title by saying it's a clue to our situation is that health is just one area where the truth is being hidden and censored. Uh, Real health information is violently suppressed in the U.S. and most of the world, unfortunately. And it's uh, censored basically by uh, forces of darkness that have been operating a long time. But compared to other times in history, the situations in the world now are really unprecedented because they're so much more sophisticated and organized because of the available coordination and how long the dark side has been working to do that. But it does not mean that the dark side wins. You know, there there are all these programs on various parts of the internet saying how bad the situation is, and they're mostly correct. But they may leave it at that and say, you know, we've had it, we're, we're done, it, it's a lost cause, just... I mean, I've even seen people say that who don't know much about it except for the geoengineering. And there's a really famous proponent of, or educator about geoengineering who's been saying for years, you know, there's nothing you can do. The geoengineering has set the planet in a course of self-destruction and it can't be stopped. And I think that he doesn't know what's the potential of the side, the light side is and hopefully he finds out so the light side potential is so strong so much stronger than anything on the dark side that once we all we would have to do is wake up to who we actually are and where we came from and then the dark side you know the chances of the dark side winning at that point are I'd say more or less zero. And I don't mean who we are in terms of, you know, what race you are, what gender you are, what, how tall or how much you weigh, male or female, or have money or not have money. We're spirit, no matter, you can use some other word. It doesn't matter. It's a non-physical essence of us, our being that is living and using these costumes. We come and go. Costume is not permanent, but we are. And um, even on the dark side, its own servants, if we uncover who we are and, and our connection back to God, then even some of the servants of the dark side could start to defect and change. It would be quite rewarding, I would say. But um, still realizing the full extent of the problem is important, and it lets us know what has to be fixed. So we can see the whole picture, you know, for example, what we call the educational system. I've been talking about it at the at the college level, at the university level, at the Ph.D. and medical school level and the public health authorities where they go to school to get their master's degrees and MPHs and things like that. The educational system is one of the most unconscious environments I've ever encountered. They're so far from real science. They're, they say they're based on real science. But real science questions everything. It doesn't have any ego involved. If I'm a real scientist and you can show me where I'm off track and completely wrong and you know the, the reality is different than the theory that I'm holding, then if I'm an, or an actual scientist, I say, thank you. That's great because if I'm wrong and I correct it, then I'm one step closer to 
knowing what's actually true. And the educational system has changed from teaching real science and teaching how to think and how to um, do the critical thinking that the New York Times warned against a few weeks ago and, you know, have common sense that science demonizes or at least ridicules right now. Real education has been changed from learning your potential and waking it up to memorizing what's acceptable so that you'll agree with the authorities and that's education now and that that's all the way from kindergarten up through um, medical school phd school public health school all kinds of school and the common sense that they're destroying and intuition and self-confidence that kids need to have supported uh, that's being replaced with arrogance and blind belief and obedience. Um, it's really gotten to, point, to the point for quite a while now where it's not actually safe to send little kids to school anymore. I mean, what? not just the ruining of their uh, self-confidence and ability, faith in themselves, ability to learn and to perceive things that make sense and that don't, but they're replacing that with arrogance and blind belief. And it's the same, really, with the corruption in the media and the same in major entertainment. Uh, <clears throat> it's really the same in science and medicine. And, you know, medicine used to have this um, thing they called the Hippocratic Oath because it came from a Greek doctor named Hippocrates a long time ago. And he said a lot of good things, and one of them, was for doctors or medical workers or health people. You're, you know what it is, right? You've heard it. It's the admonition, do no harm. He didn't say, don't do too much harm or try not to kill the people too often with poisonous drugs or anything. He said, do no harm, none. So how much of the medical system would be left if they did that? You know, probably the trauma care in the emergency room, although they changed some of their protocols away from the use of toxic uh, chemicals to natural things, which they, most of the doctors don't even know about. But most of the rest of the medical system would be gone if it had to do no harm. Because as soon as you give a so-called medicine that's actually a poison, I mean, a poison in a dose that's going to hurt you really seriously, the do-no-harm thing is out the window. So that would be eliminated if they got back to the Hippocratic Oath. And the same level of corruption in the technology industries, energy and telecommunications, which is pushing weaponized frequencies and making believe they're for your benefit. Not just 5G, but the Gs that came before it. And I've talked to a lot of people within the telecommunications industries, and most of them know that the 5G that they have to promote is very harmful and it will be used by the power structure to power driverless cars and Internet of Things and all kinds of stuff. But they have to say it. You know, they're not in a position, most of them, to give up their income. Um, but that corruption in the energy sector, Dr. Greer has talked about, he was recently uh, allowed and invited onto Alex's show, which I thought was great. Alex, you can see Alex's um, awareness and consciousness 
and openness to some of these new fields for him is increasing. And Dr. Greer was explaining that the reverse engineered technologies that have been on video and on sworn affidavits taken from uh, ET craft that have been shot down and witnessed from multiple independent sources and corroborating each other to the point where there's absolutely no serious question whether the ETs exist, are here, and have been crashing and things like that. And Alex has been shying away from covering that because so many uh, bots and trolls would just, you know, even more than he's already demonized and made fun of, they'd attack him for even talking about ETs. But um, once you have, this is another thing about uh, real science, is once you have complete evidence like that, just sticking to the idea that no, it can't be true, is um, it's keeping yourself away from what you could be discovering. And Alex is opening up to finding out, oh, you know, he's kind of meshing it with his religious beliefs, saying, well, yeah, God has many mansions and many, uh, Jesus said he had many flocks and why do they all have to be on one planet in an almost infinite set of universes? That wouldn't make necessarily a lot of sense. And I, many people have confirmed in their own experience that it's not true. So the ET thing is real, but what Dr. Greer was talking about related to it on Alex's show is that for the last hundred years, they've had technologies perfected and ready to use like a box about that big that you could put on your kitchen table requires no fuel and it would run your house indefinitely no moving parts and it's drawing energy from what's called zero point and that has other names too but it's already been demonstrated cars have been demonstrated to work on plain water all this stuff is done it's not lack of research it's lack of people who aren't scared of being killed for bringing out what they're holding Uh, Same thing with agriculture. Toxic agriculture getting worse and worse with GMOs. Um, That's really part of a destructive health system because that creates the diseases that are then treated with poisonous drugs in the medical system. Governments, and I'm not saying all these bad things to make you discouraged. I'm not discouraged at all. And I don't think the future is... um, lost or anything like that Um, I'm going to tell you about a talk that was given that was really inspiring in uh, Germany and and live streamed in England and I think it's really relevant for what we're talking about but governments and corporations are working together for the destruction of societies all over the world now and they've been bought and threatened and bribed by the cartel that's running the whole planet and told that they're thinking that they'll be in the elite remnant when they're finished killing the regular people, the great culling, what they call it. But they're all deceived. They're not going to be in the elite remnant. They're going to be highly disappointed if they keep going in that direction. It's like uh, there's a part of Lord of the Rings where they were explaining the rings of power that was were given to the elves and the man and the dwarves and um, they thought they were being given means of great power and it was but anybody who the deal was anybody who was holding 
one of those rings of power was automatically under the jurisdiction and control of the one ring, which was in the hands of evil. And um, their rings of power were really for the purpose of being able to be controlled by the one ring. And it's just like the license scam giving the illusion of freedom and privileges. But if that analogy is good, which it is, you know, what's the one ring in our situation? What what does it equate to? And if you follow it up to the higher and higher levels of the power structure, then where it ends up, as far as I could tell, as far as I took it, was to what I call lower astral demonic control forces um, who are also deceived. Because nobody who really understands how things actually work and that no one gets away with anything, that the concept of karma is real, whether you call it karma or reaping what you sow, the words aren't what make it. It's the actual design principle that's built into the physical universes and everything else. And it says, among other things, if you knowingly and intentionally hurt somebody, let alone destroy a planet, you know, or a whole civilization, or wipe out species knowingly, things like that, release genetic ruin on the planet through GMOs, that whatever you put out comes back to you multiplied. So there's not even a point of trying to get away with anything. It's not like, well, everybody gets away until the end of the world or something. It's not like that. People are reaping the consequences of a lot of things now. And they didn't have to wait for a final judgment or anything like that. But the demonic forces behind what's going on in the, a lot of what's going on in the world right now have a kind of a blindness. It, it can also be called hardening of the heart or a lot of different things like that. It's a, it should be obvious to them that they're making a mistake, but it's not obvious. So the battle keeps going between uh, light, which is actually a reality or reflection of a reality, and darkness, which is a fatal illusion. And in the end, we know light, light wins, not just because it's said so in multiple scriptures, it's because the nature of it, it's like David Icke said, the only only reality is unconditional, unlimited love. Everything else is illusion. And things that are illusions disappear. So in the end, <clears throat> the nightmare is exposed. That was only a bad dream. But, but while we're still in it, I'm sure you've noticed we experience it as real. So what do you do? A couple days ago, <clears throat> I think it was a couple days ago, yeah, something like that. I was on a show with Dave Hodges, which is uh, called The Common Sense Show, and it's a really good show to watch. And we were discussing uh, Patrick King in the case in Red Deer, Alberta. Have you heard of that? you know about that? If you don't, it's not real surprising, <clears throat> excuse me, because <clears throat> Patrick King was a case of really good news, probably some of the best uh, positive news, uplifting news that I've heard, uh, at least since the whole fake 
pandemic was started. It's a spark of good news. So it's being hidden. There are motions that I've heard of uh, asking to seal all the evidence, seal the case. In other words, make it secret. Because I guess the powers that be are really upset that there was an honest judge. And the judge said, uh, yeah, Patrick is right. He wins the case. <clears throat> so let's look at the details of the case first. Uh, I don't have time to give you all of them, but I'll give you some of them. There was a man named Patrick King. Hit the right page here. And he was in Red Deer, Alberta, which I'm sure you could find on a map. And he was the leader of a protest group, so obviously targeted. And they had met for 200 weeks in Red Deer on a certain corner leading a rally. And in Alberta, because of the horrific danger to humanity that people were just falling over in huge piles of dead bodies, and there was this pandemic going on. <clears throat> I'm sure you've heard of it. And it was just, you know, up to 10, the virus doesn't do anything. But if you get, I mean, 11 people, forget it, all, probably the original 10 died too in a horrible death. So they had more than 10 people. I think they had a lot more than 10 people. And Patrick was a really <clears throat> articulate speaker. And he was saying, this is all nonsense. It's not based on anything. Look around. Do you see any dead bodies? You know, are you falling over because of we have more than 10 people, so it's a super spreader event? What do you think the truth is? And these are people that were brave enough to say, oh, yeah, it's totally fake. Everything's being called COVID. But those are the people that were dying before of other things, and now they're all called COVID. So if, you, if people were dying of the flu, which a lot of people die of the flu every year because they're Systems are old and run down and they're deficient and toxic. And something like the flu happens when they're at the end of their life. But now flu disappeared and it's all called COVID in order to make you terrified. And so Patrick was talking about that. And he was doing a great job at the rally and, and the police came. <clears throat> and they said... Um, I were the police. Here's a $1,200 fine. And they were very gracious. They didn't even hit him in the head with a club. They just gave him the $1,200 fine in a very polite manner. And so he went and fought it in court, which started on May 4th this year. And he, was, he did not bring a lawyer because in his experience when he'd done things with lawyers, the lawyers had the first loyalty to the court, not to the client. And he said, well, that doesn't make any sense, and they're all expensive too. And so he, he learned how to do it himself, and he said, I want to subpoena. Let's see, who should I subpoena? Oh, yeah, the health officer, the head health officer of Alberta, because she's the one who's declaring the situation in Alberta that requires no no gatherings over 10 people, wearing masks all the time, putting masks on the kids, you know, shutting everything down and, of business and destroying the economy all to keep you safe. And so he subpoenaed her. He said he wanted to 
see her in court and to bring one thing with her, just one thing. Can you guess what the one thing is? If you Not the people who have already read the case but <clears throat> or listened to the interview. Yes, yeah, some of you are getting it right. He wanted to see a sample of an isolated SARS-CoV-2 virus. This is really important to understand, you guys. Maybe you already understand it. I hope I'm not boring you. But if you want to understand why the pandemic is a fake, you have to understand that if there's a virus like this terrifying COVID-19 virus, which is called SARS-CoV-2, you have to find the virus first. You have to, you know, if if somebody is, has, has an infection that you think is SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, then some of the infected fluid in the lung is full of viruses, right? Whatever virus supposedly caused it. So you get a sample of that fluid, a little bit of it. And you can't just say, well, the virus is in there because the person's sick. So in other words, circular thinking. So therefore, this is the virus. You can't do that. That's not scientific. It's not logical. It's not common sense. It, that kind of thinking is only useful if you want to start a fake pandemic. So let, let's say if you want to do it for real, you use laboratory techniques with centrifuges and things like that so that you take everything out of the solution except for the virus. And then you say, there's the virus. You look at it, see what it looks like. You describe it, which is called characterizing it. And then you make sure that the same virus comes out of a lot of people who have that sickness. So it looks like it's at least associated with the sickness, whether it caused it or not. You don't know until you do the next step. And the next step is to take that isolated virus, not a mix of a bunch of unknown stuff, but the isolated virus, and you give it to another person who's healthy. If they get the same sickness, the virus probably caused the sickness, and you do it over and over again and confirm it, except they didn't do that. And so Patrick uh, King said, okay, health officer, I want a sample of that original um, isolated virus because without that you can't even if the PCR test was real which it's not it, the inventor said it couldn't detect diseases at all just a lab tool not a diagnostic tool then um, you have to have a sample of that virus or you don't know what you're checking for so he subpoenaed the health officer to deliver a sample of SARS-CoV-2 virus and she made the mistake of replying officially that uh, we can't give you this because we don't have it and Patrick King said wait a minute you don't have a SARS-CoV-2 viral sample and they said no and he said okay you know to the court if they don't have this sample, then we have to assume it doesn't exist. And certainly you can't do a test for it because you have nothing to compare to. You don't know what it looks like. And, it, and that's true. I mean, the degree of fraud is beyond imagination right now. You wouldn't think that anybody, certainly an actual health official or anything, would go along with this kind of fraud. But they've been trained in school to just accept whatever they're told. And they're told that this is official and good. 
So um, they've been just playing along the health officials as if there is a sample of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, and there isn't, and CDC apparently doesn't have a sample, and nobody has come up and said they have a sample. And David, Dr. David Martin explained in more detail and depth, he said, what they do is they patented a sequence of, of uh, genetic material starting in 2002, and after that, up to, you know, several years later. And they said, this is uh, arbitrarily what SARS-CoV-2 looks like. And apparently SARS-CoV-1 also was... See, if you weren't trying to be real scientific, you would say it's made up. It's called a fabricational lie. It doesn't exist in real life. It exists in the computer, but it's made up in the computer from pieces of genetic material. And then the computer says, well, probably this could fit in the middle of the blank spaces, so that must be it. It's it's an amazing fraud. So, according to what I heard in the outcome of the case, which acknowledged that there was no sample of SARS-CoV-2 virus, so therefore they can't diagnose it, they can't do mandates because of it, they can't say it's contagious, they can't say anything about it. And so they made a deal where apparently the last I heard in Alberta, they were going to call it the... um, another version of a mild flu, and that's all it was, no more dangerous. They gave it a survival rate of 99.9%, a death rate of 0.1%, and even that that is probably fraudulent, because if they don't have the virus, they can't calculate the death rate at all, and they can't test for it with PCR. Because PCR is not a test for a virus, as David Icke has said so clearly. So the 0.1% is made up as well. That doesn't hold any water. They can't give any risk of death in in numbers if they don't have the virus, because they don't have a test, and everything's a guess and made up. So what I heard in Alberta is they're going to stop mandating the masks and stop closing businesses and just treat it like a flu, which means they can stay out of your life. Because remember when the flu was acknowledged to be going around and killing, I don't know, 30 to 80,000 people a year in the U.S. alone, nobody said you had to shut down your business. If You just have common sense and you say, well, people are getting the flu. If you want to close your whole business and go out of business, you can. But the government certainly can't tell you to do that. So leaders in the general population could help spread a real pandemic of awareness. And what's needed is honest judges uh, willing to risk their lives for the truth. Uh, Because what Patrick King did was to set an example of what people all over the U.S., and in other parts of the world could do if they wanted to solve the whole problem and end the pandemic. And apparently in Alberta, and I can't confirm this yet with documents, but they decided to end all the restrictions and the mandates and the lockdowns. And there are motions that we've heard about anyway that are asking to seal the case, 
make all the evidence secret, seal the outcomes, seal the orders. But we've also heard that they're shutting down the restrictions. So there's an ongoing battle between these two sides. And what are the two sides? Well, love and beauty and truth on one side, which is the real side, and force and malice and darkness on the other. And on the surface, it looks like force is the winning strategy. Really no question about it if you only look superficially. And it seems like that. And um, people believe that all over the world, that that force is the only way to win anything. And it's the most powerful tool, and it just has to be in the right hands. Uh, There's a lot of religious stories about how even God agrees with that. And God goes and identifies some group of people that's evil and usually identifies them as subhuman and then gets a group together, just a few people to show that it's really a powerful, you know, force that they have and they go and massacre all the bad people. But, um, you know, that goes to show that heroes are just the best killers. It's one of the chief... um, supposed attributes of God, finding the bad people and then massacring them. But this reduces all of it to a really um, comparison of which side can be the most vicious and deadly. And that's the side that wins. And God wins because God can be the most vicious and deadly of anybody else. But um, it reminds me of watching, when I was a little kid, I used to watch the Bonanza uh, series on television every week, and um, you knew they were the good guys, the Cartwrights on Bonanza, because they successfully beat up anybody else who disagreed with them or or they shot the bad people, and they always drew their guns faster than the bad people. And it was just this affirmation that the real value is who can kill the other people the fastest. Um, even the question of if there's something else a better way to do things has been forgotten. And maybe it's maybe it's considered blasphemy, you know, now to think that, well, of course God and the, you're supposed to think that, of course, God and the angels are the best killers. But what happens um, if there's something better? And if you look at the Patrick King case and the stories of Alberta already dropping the mandates, there are other stories uh, not only of the documents being sealed, but attorneys getting together and working on cases all over the all over Canada and the U.S. Because this is a template. What Patrick King is saying is, if you subpoena the head health officer that is in charge of the whole thing and say, "Okay, head health officer, I'll do whatever you say. All I need is something really simple for you to deliver, which is a sample of the." isolated SARS-CoV-2 virus. Shouldn't be a problem. Just send it over and get it to me tonight. And of course, they can't do it because it's all based on a complete fraud that is hard to even comprehend that it was that blatant. Um, Thousands of attorneys should be jumping on this now. That's, That's one of the first thing I was thinking and I started making phone calls to tell people about that this could be used everywhere. It could even work in other countries. And where are the lawyers, you know? 
where are you guys, attorneys? Why are you not all over this? You know, filing motions now. We know why the criminal media is silent, because they serve the forces of the global deception and murder. And you guys that are working for the mainstream media, that's what you're helping to do. There have been more defectors realizing that and saying, wait a minute. The media is the enemy of the people, not only in America, but all over the world. And how can we go along with that? So there have been a lot more whistleblowers from within the media. Now, the higher media bosses know about it, and the regular employees try to help each other ignore it and pretend that it's normal. Mostly attorneys are silent because they don't know. You know, they're working on matters of technical procedure, things like that to win court cases. But they, they're they busy with that, like most people in other professions, and they don't step back and say, wait a minute, what is actually going on? They can't imagine that it would be uh, a total fake pandemic. People tell me all the same thing at the, at the same time that global coordinated crime of the of the magnitude of the fake pandemic is impossible. They don't understand how it's structured, and so it seems impossible. But um, there are no lab diagnosed cases of COVID anywhere in the world, and there never have been for the reason that the PCR test, as David Icke says, is a test not testing for the virus. It's not testing for anything. It's not a, te- a diagnostic test at all. So the diagnostic cases, if anybody is honest, and I haven't seen anybody in our government that gets this. Rand Paul doesn't seem to get it. Uh, Ron DeSantis doesn't get it. You guys. And those are good people as far as I can tell. There, there are a lot of uh, others saying that, oh, these people are really bad because they're still pushing the, the shots. And I don't think so. I mean, it's rare for somebody to even understand that the shots have been a scam, not just since 2020, but since 1796. Almost nobody gets it. You know, the medical people, except people like Sherry Tenpenny and the five doctors like Lee Merritt, Carrie Maddie, Larry Pilevsky, Christian Northrup, and the frontline doctors and World Doctors Alliance, people like that. But most doctors don't get it at all. So there are um, no lab diagnose, diagnosed cases of COVID because they're all relying on the PCR test, which doesn't, doesn't do that. There are some clinically diagnosed cases where the person comes in and they can't breathe, but their lungs are working fine. They just don't get oxygen. That seems to be a syndrome connected with whatever SARS-CoV-2 actually is. And they're easily uh, resolved, those cases. You can make them breathe fine again, and they're basically cured within one to two days at the most. And those are being censored. So why would this be happening? There was a uh, man named Reiner Fuelmick, and I hope you know his name. He's really important in this whole thing. He's in Germany. He's very busy, and he doesn't go and speak at events very much. We tried to get him on the show, and he's just overwhelmed, which is fine. He's doing incredible work, putting lawsuits together against countries and health health authorities and certain doctors and 
anybody that's pushing the lie of the fake pandemic. And he was put on live stream at a talk um, that was given, I think was in London. It was in the UK in the last few days. And he gave a great live stream speech for a big rally in the UK. And he said, um, "These are, we're almost done here, so I have to make it brief. <clears throat> but his message was, something is happening. It's part of the positive news, in case you don't know. The COVID-19 lie is crumbling, he said. He speaks English well. He's licensed in California and Germany both. He said the power of humanity is stronger than evil and even AI. And they have testimony from 110 experts worldwide on how dangerous is the virus, which is a death rate that they are calculating at 0.1%, 99.9% survival rate, better than flu, actually. And um, so once that's established, then um, there's no basis for declaring a, an emergency at all. And the experts got together and were talking about how reliable the PCR test is, and they, of course, were honest, and they said the PCR test doesn't even test for a diagnosis. And WHO has admitted, according to uh, Reiner Fulmick, that the virus is, con- is less dangerous than the common cold. So he said, and I haven't been able to confirm this yet, but Singapore listened to that, believed it, and has removed all the measures and the lockdowns and the distancing and the vaccine mandates and all that stuff because I guess they didn't get corrupt people in the courts fast enough over there, so there's still some good ones. And they were saying, yeah, the... um, Virus, there's no proof of that the virus exists, and the PCR test can't detect infection. And in fact, what the expert said was there's something called a, a, a threshold, and if they set the uh, if they set the PCR test above a certain threshold, which is normally uh, somewhere between 25 and 40, and if they set it up above uh, well, at 45, which some of them were, 100% of the cases that were diagnosed that way are false, not a high false positive rate. They're all false positives. Because for one thing, that test doesn't work at all, but the readout of the test comes out at 100% positive at 45. It's called a cycle threshold. And if they set it down at 20 cycles or so or below, then they'll say the vaccine worked and you don't have anything. Even if you are dying, it'll say you test negative. And they tested in between and they found out down from 45 at 35 cycle threshold, it was still 97% false positives. So it's a total scam and it's not that they didn't know that. They knew all about it. They still know all about it. So... um, the basis of the 2020 public health international emergency was a complete lie. There are people dying. Most of them are dying from something else. The ones that are dying from a new condition are easily cured, and the ways that they're being cured are totally censored and hidden. Um, declaring an emergency like this allows emergency orders to be given, but 
at least this is what Reiner Fieldmick said, but in America and any country that t- that claims to be a free country, no, it doesn't allow emergencies to be declared. At least no um, coercive measures can be taken in a free country because you have what's called natural rights, and those are known as unalienable rights. So it's a really important understanding. There's a few of those here. The PCR test is never accurately tested anything, anybody for COVID or any other virus. So any case that comes from a PCR diagnosis is a lie. The person is not a case, especially if they're not sick. The other thing is that um, the test can be set for positive or negative by the cycle threshold. And I guess the final thing is that the vaccines and the masks don't do anything to prevent disease, nothing. They have no benefit, and they're being used to destroy businesses all over the world. Um, What the experts also told Reiner is that 45,000 people died, according to CDC, from the vaccine within three days of getting the vaccine from the beginning of the pandemic up to now. A lot more people than that died from the vaccine, but these are ones that died obviously within three days of being given the shot. And what Reiner pointed out that his experts told him is that about 1%, maybe as high as 10% of the people in America that get hurt or killed from the vaccines ever get reported to VAERS. So when you get the official VAERS number, like you just quoted 45,000, you have to multiply it by somewhere between 10 and and 100. And he multiplied it by 10 and said there is probably 5 million deaths from the vaccine so far. So that's pretty serious. And 5 million, um, you know, 9-11 and invading countries all over the Middle East was started on the basis of a little over 3,000 deaths. This is on the order of somewhere between 5 million and 50 million killed so far. You know, it's it'll be much higher over a long period of time. But the the response from the media, which you would think, if you don't really know what's going on, you would think that they would report that right away and everybody would be really anxious to get this out. But they, they cover it up. And legal battles about that are starting to progress and they're already in progress in a lot of courts. And Reiner was explaining that. I highly recommend watching this particular video, you may find it on BitChuter Rumble and it's posted on lostartsradio.com. Um, the legal battles are in progress. And what he calls the Berlin Corona Investigative Committee has extensive evidence of total fraud in the whole pandemic. So the fact that it's not about health at all, but about control and uh, actually it's about genocide destruction of regional economies and you know anybody that had any common sense left at this point could look at it and see that it's out there to induce fear uh, to destroy the economy by making businesses shut down start printing massive amounts of money and giving it to people who don't work and then saying that this will make up for it all that does is create massive inflation and the hyperinflation really hasn't seriously started yet, but this is a way to get it started if this is what you wanted to do.
So um, huge demonstrations are going on all over the world. The And the last thing that Reiner talked about after saying that and saying that the awareness of this is spreading and that there will be more legal cases that could shut down the mandates everywhere, especially for the vaccine, which has killed, you know, in his estimation, five 500,000 people so far in the U.S. Um, he said the human aspect is the most important, and what he did was uh, tell a story about a German doctor that went into the bank to use the ATM machine, and he saw a lady in there with a mask, and she was terrified, and, and she saw him not wearing a mask, and she jumped away because she said, I don't want to get infected and then infect my husband and you know, she was really good person, really trying to do the right thing. And the guy who came in, who the story was about, is a doctor, and he went up to her and explained that there's no danger. The vaccine is is the danger, but the the uh, pandemic itself is a massive hoax. And he took her mask off, which she understood what he was saying, so she wasn't scared of that. And then he hugged her, and she started crying. Because she said nobody had hugged her in over a year. And that's the human aspect of the fake pandemic. So what has to happen is people all over the world have to start becoming aware of this and waking up and um, spreading that awareness. Um, That's what he was saying was the most important. The dark side has no access to the spiritual side of everything, to the human side, to the emotional side. And so, because of that, he said it was guaranteed that the good side was going to win and that these things are in progress now. It's not like you have to wait 10 years and the good side eventually wins. He said it's going to come out and be successful right away. So, one of the things I want to do is start checking with different jurisdictions and find out what lawyers are working on this kind of exposure, asking for a sample of the proven purified SARS-CoV-2 virus, if they don't have that, no matter what else happens, they can't keep the pandemic going. So that's what the talk was about. I really recommend seeing Reiner give it. I think where I saw it was on BitChute or Rumble. And if you want to help speed up the awakening and the exposure of this thing so it doesn't scare too many more people into getting the, the shot, which, as Reiner said, is the most dangerous part. Then you can help it up by speeding, you know, your own discovery of seeing through the nonsense, waking yourself up, getting your health back on all levels without toxic chemicals, without vaccines. And people will see you doing that and it will spread and the nonsense of all the fake pandemic will become obvious to more people with the fake education and all these fake programs coming together to try to make people completely oblivious to what's going on. Um, And what Reiner was saying is don't worry because the power within human beings is way greater than the power of the dark side. It's so strong that even the dark side can be made to wake up, which I think would be a very good turnaround. And, you know, he was basically saying being aware of the scope of the problem is essential but realize that however massive that may be, that you're stronger than that and the light side can win starting immediately and stop the lockdown, stop the vaccines, 
stop the fear based on nothing. So my recommendation is to go listen to Reiner Fulmet give that talk. <clears throat> it's about 10 minutes long, and it's live streamed in England, so I'm sure you can find it on Bitchard or Rumble or Brighton or all of them. And that's the main message I wanted to get across, that there's a balance between realizing the extent of the problem and the extent of what you can do to help fix it. And David Icke talks about, and other people too, organized non-compliance, and I think they're right. But that comes from consciousness. And it's something that you can start working on right away, even if you don't make a big you know, show of it and start telling it to everybody. Just the fact that you're changing your perception is affecting everybody else. So that's the main thing. And I think the, the incident with Patrick King and Red, Red Deer is incredibly positive. And if anybody out there is an attorney that is going to jump on it or is on it already, let us know, Richard at LostArtsRadio.com, because all the attorneys who know about this should be on it instantly. This could have injunctions that stop the mandates, stop the shots, stop what Biden is trying to do, stop the damage to the kids wearing masks, stop the social isolation, all of that stuff. So any attorneys, let us know what you're doing about this and if you're helping to get it turned around. I think that's about it because we're over time and I'm sorry to go over, but uh, I think it's really important. Try to find that interview and a really good version of it was done by Stu Peters, who has a great show on Stu Peters TV. StuPeters.tv, I think it is. And um, you should listen to that. He's doing great work, and I, I don't know if it's still up. They're trying to get um, they're they're trying to get the whole thing censored and the case sealed, as I mentioned, and all that done to stop the proliferation of the knowledge. But look at that. Stu Peters' uh, interview was still up when I saw it the last time. Stu Peters in interviews Patrick. Uh, make sure I didn't write down the not name wrong. No, it is Patrick King. And uh, you can see it still. So I'd go there and lo- look at it right away and start spreading the awareness the best you can because it can overcome all of the uh, harmful stuff that's being done. And it can do it as fast as we're willing to respond. So take care of yourself, take care of your health, especially don't fall for the fake health, you know, through poison, through, as far as I could tell in my research, back to more than 200 years, about 1796, injecting people with poison to prevent disease is completely unsubstantiated, to put it politely. It was a complete hoax. And I'm going to ask that question tomorrow night uh, to a guest that you might have heard of. Uh, one of the world's preeminent um, virologists who was willing to actually talk about this stuff and tell the truth. And she's been to prison before for it. And she'll name names. And she's talking about people who are in charge of running the current pandemic scam that she knows personally. And you probably know who this is. And her name is Judy Mikovits. The show announcement is out already. Tomorrow night on Lost Arts Radio Live, that's a Sunday guest show, and um, I think you'll get a lot out of it. She's very outspoken. We can't put her on all the platforms, obviously, because we wouldn't. You probably wouldn't see us again. 
but all the ones that can be put. Go to lostartsradio.com and you'll find out where it's going to be broadcast. It's really going to be a super important interview. We're going to have a lot of people listening and a lot of censorship and shadow banning going on and maybe the view counter showing zero or ten people, I don't know, but share the link and share the announcement. It's up at lostartsradio.com on the show announcement page. Uh, What else? Take care of yourself, and if you want to keep us on the air and keep this going as long as we can without the censorship, you can donate to us, to our work. We don't do commercials or anything. We're just trying to keep this up as many hours a day work as we can possibly do. And there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com if you believe in this sort of thing. And if you have ideas of what you'd like to see on the show, besides donating, you can communicate with us. There's a contact form there. And if you think there's something we need to uh, cover, pay attention to, talk about on the show, just let us know. Because, you know, we don't have, have a big staff right now, so we don't have that many shows a week, but we're trying to keep it in areas where it'll do the most good and then um, get into deeper issues and interactive live formats on Planetary Healing Club. And you can find out about that and find an access point at planetaryhealingclub.com. You can also sub- support us at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio. And anything like that is greatly appreciated. If you don't have any money or are stressed for survival right now, just share the links and that would be... Um, better than getting you know money to us if you're struggling for survival. But if you've got resources and you want to, um, we're not doing commercials and it would be greatly appreciated. So I think that's about it. This is uh, Lost Arts Radio Live, our Saturday afternoon show in the U.S. time. And the Sunday show, which Judy will be on tomorrow, is every week, 6 o'clock Pacific and 9 o'clock Eastern U.S. time. And uh, check that out. It's free. All the archives are still available. And you can stay up to date with where it's allowed to be broadcast by going to lostartsradio.com. I think that's about it. we got to get ready for the Planetary Healing Club meeting, which you can come to if you want to. And um, stay in touch. Let us know what you think. And we'll do the best we can. And take care of yourself, okay? That's the main thing. You're super important. And you have much more power to make a really huge contribution to the turning around of all the nonsense in the world and bring us back to normal. You really are a key player in that. So don't underestimate, appreciate yourself, and uh, do the best you can. We'll see you soon. Talk to you in a while. Have a good week. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program, Offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. 
With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.